Hello and welcome to the 3H2 Humans Mastermind Symposium of Infinite Possibility Radio Show. Each episode, Lynn and Mustachio will explore continuums of meaning, varied perspectives, and thought seeds to place in the garden of the mind. Who knows what will grow? So sit back, stand up, drive, or jog. Whatever the motion may be, we are here to support each individual's journey to define health, happiness, and a humble perspective during the information era. Enjoy. Greetings! Today is April 14th, 2016, a beautiful Thursday rainy morning here in South Perry of Spokane, Washington. Mustachio and I are excited about today's episode. It is a throwback episode from March 3rd of 2015. So a little bit over a year ago, we were over at the Bridge Street House right near downtown in West Central, which is one of my favorite neighborhoods. It was a great location, but there were some complications <laughs> living in that place, in particular the landlord. Him and I did not quite get along that great, and he lived across the street. <laughs> So that's one of the reasons why today in the health exploration, we go over why it's important to be friendly and cordial with neighbors. That was something I needed to work on at the time, even though I felt the landlord disrespected me and did not respect my privacy and my comfort. I feel as though he took advantage of his position as a landlord and, uh, it was rough. It was it was extremely mentally challenging for me to be in that situation. But I loved the house, the area, so many positive things about it, but it was the landlord's unprofessional behavior that ultimately pushed me out of the house. And ironically, I drove by there about six months or so after I had moved out and the yard went to shit. The people didn't grow vegetables in the garden. There weren't fresh flowers outside. And that was one thing I did was I really took care of the outside yard. There was even a passerby that had said, wow, for a renter, you really take great care of this yard. And she kind of laughed. Because <laughs> West Central is a bit known for their... Um, less than beautifully aesthetic yards. Do encourage folks out there to really think about the relationship between a customer and a client. What are the underlying mechanisms of that relationship? What variables are negotiable and what variables are non-negotiable? Because essentially each day, the average human is a, a customer, a client in some sort of capacity. And we'll go into that a bit more. There are two uh, communications I've had with entrepreneurs that I feel are less than ideal. They have their specializations and I have mine. Mine is conscious communication. And I feel as though in both cases, there was a miscommunication. (laughs) Yeah, Mustachio's cracking up. (laughs) Because as much as I would like to say, Oh, everyone I speak to is just wonderful because I'm a conscious communication educator. Therefore, I consciously communicate with every person I speak to. That's not the case. And I'm not a 
fake it till you make it kind of person. I'm realistic and I have extreme complications communicating with people. Kind of a blessing in disguise, it's taught me what are the consistent variables between those communications? What are the pish-posh words that continuously pop up when a person is speaking from their subconscious mind rather than consciously formulating words? This whole 3H2Humans Mastermind Symposium of Infinite Possibility is a passion project. I desire to have conscious, soul-based communication. And lately, I haven't. (laughs) And it's extremely challenging for me. But I feel the best way to overcome the challenges I face is to talk about them, to share them with the audience, to plant thought seeds. Because mentors have done that for me. I'm in the position I am today and lucky to be an entrepreneur because of wonderful mentors and support that I've received from people and honesty. That's another great thing that people in my life have shown me is honesty. They'll say, hey, Lynn, you're being an asshole or hey, this isn't cool or hey, this is awesome. I I feel like my inner circle is truthful with me and I believe that's essential in business is to have some people to rely on that aren't just yes ma'ams. We kind of go back to Trish Blackwell, where each one of her listener communications are about how wonderful she is and how she's put breath back into the world and all that. I don't think that's real life. I don't think anyone only has positive communications with the public. (laughs) In contrast, what we do here at 3H2Humans is tend to point out the complications. It's the other end of the continuum. It's the pish-posh feedback where there was resistance and the communications today where there's resistance. That's what I go over because that's where learning happens. I don't think I'm going to learn and I don't feel the audience is going to learn if I present myself as perfect, as, oh, I put the breath back into people. Oh, I'm just so wonderful. You know, yeah, my mom thinks I am. (laughs) But I don't think that's going to help me learn and grow. It's about facing the scary things, about running towards fears rather than cowering from them, and uncomfortable situations. I'm pretty good about tackling them because I didn't in the past. I used to run away. I used to hide, but I became a shell of a person, and I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be me unapologetically. I want to be authentic. I want to, instead of having multiple sets of who I am and being a high self-monitor, I want to just be me 100% of the time. That's the objective, and hopefully we at 3H2 can help others achieve that goal as well. I feel that is a large goal for many people is to represent an authentic self, which is extremely challenging, especially in modern culture where there's a fear of exposure because nearly everything is public. And that's another approach I take is pretty much everything I do can be public knowledge can be traced and seen. So I do my best to be authentic and hold myself accountable for my feelings, actions, and emotions. All right, today's show, season one, episode 14, 10 list for health exploration. 
we'll go over the 10 items. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and do that right now. And in March, I didn't do a expanded explanation. So that's new linen mustachio. The recording is back then. And some of our thoughts have evolved. And that's another important lesson I've learned about life and about education is that it changes. It's okay, it's healthy, and it's progressive to say I was wrong. What I believed back then is no longer true. And some of the things from back then have evolved. So we're gonna go ahead and talk about that. All right, <laughs> number one, hydrate before thirst signal. Be conscious of air and water as a life force. For one week, drink water before the body signals dehydration and thirst. During this week, use water as a primary source for hydration. Question, where does my water come from? Where is the water stored? Plastic throwaway bottles are less healthy and more wasteful than a reusable Nalgene or other multi-use bottle. Municipal water filtration is helpful in removing harmful substances from water. A second in-home filtration device may catch lingering components in the water. Many options are available, such as filters directly connected to a water source, Pure and Brita countertop containers, and other options exist. Research which option will work best in the home. Number two, balanced nutrition. Ideal nutrition is defined on an individual basis. Explore food variables and quantities. How much food is needed to sustain energy? What are ethical and environmental consequences of food choices? Are meats and dairy necessary categories of ingestible food? What are new fruits and vegetables worth investigation? Modern and holistic medical practices such as allergy blood tests, probiotics, herbs, and other natural remedies may assist with discovery of balanced nutritional needs. Measure results during experimentation. Chart energy, mood, fit of clothing. Be creative when quantification of balanced nutrition is explored. Consider categories of nutrition. Fats, fiber, protein, amino acids, vitamins, minerals, carbohydrates, to name a few. Take fad diets with a grain of salt. Number three, balance sleep and exercise. Experiment with sleep and exercise combinations. Life changes, so too does a balance between these two. Listen to the body. Be mindful of overexertion and dormancy, as well as too much sleep and sleep deprivation. Seek a healthy balance in terms of rest and activity. Give conscious attention to the sleeping chamber. Is the room dark, clean? Are distractions minimized? Is the mind clear at bedtime? Consider variables which affect sleep and learn how to optimize sleeping patterns. Similarly, exercise is complex with many intricate parts. Experiment with various types of exercise. Remove stigmas of the past. Allow the mind to be open to infinite possibilities for new avenues of body movement. Number four, posture. Offer conscious attention towards physical body balance. Posture. Sit straight, spine aligned, head forward. Establish cues to sit proud. Experiment with a standing desk. When walking, do the same. Be mindful of shoulder placement, 
Lift feet when moving to minimize unnecessary noise when in motion. The human body is a machine. Seek optimal form and ability. Small changes today will equal a great improvement tomorrow. Regardless of level of exertion during an activity, lifting or sitting, be mindful of healthy form. To have healthy form is to be respectful of oneself and others when communicating and navigating through life. When lifting weights, lift independently to balance hand and body side dominance. Remove wallet, phone, and other personal items from back pockets when sitting. These items create an imbalance of the spine. Number five, read ingredients on food labels. Know what ingredients mean. Understand what is in the food which is ingested. Some words such as high fructose corn syrup, natural and artificial flavors, and other ambiguous words require research to fully understand their effect on the human body. Question, are these ingredients natural or man-made? Eat natural foods without labels, fresh vegetables, homemade breads and soups. Eat as though it were a hundred years ago. Question, was this around when my grandfather was a child? Nutrition labels contain only part of the story of nutrition. Know what food means beyond a label. Dig deeper. Explore amino acids, complete proteins, healthy fats, and other nutrients and minerals missing from the label. Number six, <laughs> be a free range human. Compare and contrast concepts related to caged versus free range human. How do these concepts relate to one's own life habits? Go for walks, open windows, be fresh air aware. Learn to respectfully coexist with neighbors. Acknowledge neighbors and other humans with a friendly gesture when out. Many people in modern times live a caged life. From home, to car, to work, to car, to store, to car, to home, to bed. Repeat. Escape the pattern. Recognize all life on our planet is a part of a single organism, Earth. Explore the majestic beauty of walking on the Earth's crust, of coexisting with other species. Acknowledge the past, present, and future, the reliant nature of species as we strive to co-mingle in harmony. Number seven, daily, reoccurring, productive, physical activity. Take part in a reoccurring, productive, physical activity on a daily basis. The activity can be something simple, such as house chores, dishes and laundry, or complex, such as sports, rugby, and tennis. Whatever the activity may be, strive to improve each time. Nab two birds with one stone, exercise and productivity. If these are done on a daily basis, wonderful achievements will mount. Physical and mental growth is nurtured with activity, with body movement. Remove the monotony of chores by including mental growth as a component. Listen to an audiobook or podcast. Be diligent with action. Improve oneself and the surrounding environment. Think two birds with one stone. Think productivity. Think of these on a daily basis. Small steps now equal grand improvement in the future. Number eight, push limits. Question, how is a limit established? as well as the concept of limitations. Limits are often arbitrarily set by humans. Arbitrary limits 
create fictitious barriers which divide possible from impossible. Be mindful of self-fulfilling prophecies. What is thought will likely happen. Think positive. Allow for change. Regardless of what others do, recognize limits are set on an individual basis. Push limits. Skills require time to build. Test abilities. Ask, what are my limits? Can they change over time? Seek a mentor or third party to offer input into perceived abilities. What are one's own perceived limits? Can grooming of a skill or mental process exceed the limit? The greats of history are great because they pushed limits. They created positive, self-fulfilling prophecies. Create positive, self-fulfilling prophecies. Number nine, chronological versus biological age. Explore differences and similarities between chronological and biological aging and age. Chronological age has to do with years on earth. This concept is binary, absolute in terms of measurement. In contrast, biological age is determined by the body over time and current mindset. A person truly is as young as they behave, as mindset is a crucial variable within the aging process. Some 20-year-olds act 50, and 50-year-olds act 20. Chronological age has little to do with behavioral patterns in modern times. Stigmas and barriers put on people because of their age are beginning to lift. The young are mature, compassionate, fulfilled, while the old are grateful, young, and adventurous. Become the old person who skydives and young person who ponders life. Embrace biological age measurement. Number 10, rise before the sun. Experience magic of the twilight hour before the sun rises. Create a head start on the day while others are asleep. While the world is silent, brainstorm, create, innovate with energy and positivity which accompanies the morning. A domino effect of positive chain reaction will begin when early hours are spent as chosen rather than as forced by others and perceived societal expectations. Aim towards a sleep schedule with the sun, with natural lighting. To fall asleep at night becomes easier when the body is up and active early. The mind is calmer, more relaxed at bedtime when the day is started off with accomplishments. No matter how big or small, a step in a positive direction is a step worth taking. Anticipate an early productive rise. Allow for some me time before the rest of the world is embraced. Okay, so that's the 10 list. Go ahead and run through what they are. Number one, hydrate before thirst signal. Number two, balance nutrition. Number three, balance sleep and exercise. Number four, posture. Number five, read ingredients on food labels. Number six, be a free range human. Number seven, daily reoccurring productive physical activity. Number eight, push limits. Number nine, chronological versus biological age. And number 10, rise before the sun. Later in the episode, when I go over what the categories are called, some of them have been modified. 
I've evolved my thinking from last year. Do kind of keep the peepers peeled for the changes with today's summarization of the 10 list for health exploration and how it was presented last year. For the listener challenge, it's to donate and review an ad-free podcast. There are many ad-free podcasts, and I think those who create ad-free podcasts are a part of the future, are a part of the next leap in human evolution where education becomes free, where people find ways to remove agendas from education. That's the next step. That's a paradigm that will change, is removing an agenda from education. And that's what we would like to do here at 3H2Humans, to remove agendas from education. But my own personal thoughts, mustachios, ideas seep in there. That's natural. But they are internal rather than external. For the listener challenge, donate and review an ad-free podcast. Let's give a little boost to the people who create this wonderful medium. The first educational ad-free podcast I donated to was Shrink Wrap Radio. I donated $100 because I felt as though the person's time, Dr. Dave, was worth that. With the hours and hours of podcasting I'd listened to, I appreciated what he did. And especially at the time, I was at Washington State University studying psychology and listening to lectures on rat studies from the 70s, and Dr. Dave spoke about Jungian psychology and mindset and consciousness. To me, that's psychology. That's a way to learn about how humans work rather than rat studies from the 70s. So I was extremely disappointed in Washington State University's psychology curriculum, a way to even things out, I donated to Shrinkwrap Radio. For the listener challenge, donate. If possible, do a big donation, a hundred bucks. That's equivalent to a a hotel, a one night, or at some, in some cities, even half a night. Some hotels are $200. In lieu of a, a vacation or some sort of impulse buy, give back to those who give. 3H2Humans will have our new website up soon. <laughs> it would be great for us to receive donations, but that's not the point of the listener challenge. It's to give back to the pool. So whether it be us or another educator, stand up and say, this is what I believe in. I believe in free education. I believe in podcasting and I believe what these educators are doing and I appreciate the time and energy and effort required to do this. There is a sacrifice of time. It takes about 40 hours worth of work for each podcast we produce. I think that's worth a $100 donation. Similarly, other podcasters put a tremendous amount of effort into their shows. For the listener challenge, donate and write a review. Let's push up podcasts and educators and businesses who promote health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Oftentimes, it's people like me and likely listeners of this show who don't actively donate and who don't write reviews. It's um, 
it's a small percentage of people who are quote unquote loud on the internet. So let's change that. Let's, us introverts and quiet people, let's change that and have a bit more of the obscure ways of thinking rise to the top. Okay, um, for the cultural snippets, today we have five favorable Spokane businesses and five enjoyable TV shows. For the five favorable Spokane businesses, number one is Veda Lux. It is a secondhand boutique here in the South Perry District. I went there to put together a Temple Grandin Halloween costume on Halloween. (laughs) And Stephanie, the woman working there, was extremely friendly and fashion conscious. She listened to what I wanted rather than upsell things or give me stuff I didn't want. She consciously communicated with me and offered me items that would be beneficial for my motives. And that's rare for me to run into someone who has eye contact with me and consciously communicates. But I received that at Veda Lux. It's a cute little shop. They have tons of neat little things. It's worth checking out. And the owner, I believe her name is Summer Hightower, and I'm under the impression she goes out and seeks awesome stuff at thrift stores and things like that and then brings them back to the boutique. So it's almost like having a broker (laughs) for vintage, kind of chic and funky fashion items. The Western shirt that I purchased was a classic Temple Grandin Western shirt with the buttons she wears. And um, it was like a legit Western shirt. And that was awesome. So then my costume was more authentic. And they also have vintage shoes and uh, handmade jewelry. Really neat stuff. So it's worth checking out. That is Veda Lux here in the South Perry district of Spokane. Number two, Greencastle Soap. I recently stumbled upon Greencastle. Brian and I took a soap making class. It was so much fun. It's a two-day class and we learned how to make soap and what goes into the soap. And we put essential oils and fragrance oils, as well as exfoliates. They offer poppy seeds, oatmeal, and coffee as uh, exfoliates, the little scratchies that are put into the bar. So it helps to remove dead skin and exfoliate. (laughs) As well as uh, dill and a certain type of yellow flower for aesthetics and to kind of spice up the presentation of the soap. And we spoke about that a couple episodes back about Midnight Oil Soap Company. That's where I previously bought my soap in Walla Walla, Washington, but I did want to find a more local soapery and I did. And it's Green Castle Soap, taking the soap class. And then I also went there for what they call soap yourself. When they create a big batch of soap, customers can buy one of the giant bars, which is about 18 bars of soap for $45. That's the, the price in today's world. It may change. Check their website. 
that was awesome to be able to customize soap. I bought my own essential oils and fragrance oils so I could have the essential oil I wanted and the scent I wanted. I didn't have to do a whole lot but add the fragrances, the essentials, the scrubbies, and some color into the soap. It was a blast. It's a good, clean fun. <laughs> and at the shop, they sell their own soaps. There's a really neat one that Brian really likes, and that is dirt. <laughs> it's called dirt, and it smells earthy, and it's colored brown and green. It's a really unique soap that I like. I occasionally use it as well. And they also have huckleberry, Washington apple, lemongrass, a seahawk soap, really neat soaping ideas. So that is Green Castle Soap near downtown. And I encourage folks to check out their website. The third is 20 Miles North Web Design. Rob over at 20 Miles North Web Design rescued me after having complications with the previous web designer I was working with. And that's one of the businesses that we're gonna go over today that I feel could use a little revamping on conscious communication. And one of the red flags I didn't catch because I didn't do my due diligence was on the about page. So here's a little snippet from Fired of Technologies About page. You shouldn't have to be married to an IT person to receive quality technology services. You shouldn't have to sign multi-month or year-long contracts to build a simple website. You shouldn't feel embarrassed about seeking any technical support, and you absolutely shouldn't feel like you're getting ripped off. So I felt most of those things. <laughs> And that's what we talk about, why shouldn't is a pish-posh word. It, it hides things that are going on behind the scene. And I don't fully understand why someone would take this approach to talk about the shouldn'ts, to talk about what the business isn't. I think that shows a subconscious conscious disconnect. Instead of saying you shouldn't have to be married to an IT person to receive quality technology services, say what does happen, what, what is going to be expected rather than what is not expected. And also what's weird is the comment you shouldn't feel embarrassed about seeking any technical support. The main thing that pushed the relationship between 3H2Humans and Fired of Technology yeah, on to the dark side was a comment I made that Robbie at Fired Of got offended by. So you shouldn't feel embarrassed about seeking any technical support. It reveals like a, a subconscious fear that what is in line with what we talk about at 3H2Humans with pish posh words. So he's using the word you you shouldn't feel embarrassed about seeking any technical support. What happened with working with Robbie at Fire Dove Technology was that I believe he became embarrassed about seeking technology support, that some of the coding was beyond his abilities. And rather than bluntly saying so and seeking advice outside of himself, 
he became offended by my comment. I commented, there's an old saying, if a person can't explain something in simple terms, then they likely don't understand it. Explain to me in simple terms what is going on. I don't need to know how an engine works in order to drive a car. So there were complications with the website and I had asked him to explain in simple terms what was going on. And he had said he wanted an in-person meeting or a phone call. And I get exhausted (laughs) talking to people who have difficulty admitting faults and admitting what's going on. Because then there's long drawn out explanations that essentially don't make any sense. And I felt as though that's where our communications were going. So for me to drop what I'm doing and to enter his consciousness was something I didn't have the mental energy to do. I had requested that he compose an email, explain to me on his time. Because if I meet him, that sucks about four hours of mental energy and a phone call is almost the same. Because whatever task I'm doing, I have to mentally disconnect from that task, then lock into his consciousness and decode what he's saying because he's not a conscious communicator and it's exhausting for me. So instead of me getting exhausted, I requested he get exhausted to explain simply through text what is going on. And he got offended. (laughs) He requested that I talk to him and then he also said that he required partial payment before he can continue. That was also not a part of our agreement. It was he would receive payment once the website was launched. And what he called partial payment was 90% of it. So once I offended him, he wanted me to pay 90% of what we agreed on for a website that didn't really work. (laughs) And that blew my mind. And I had asked him what was going on. I had said that it seems like He's getting emotional, I'm not really sure. And he said that he's emotional because the lion I said hurt his feelings. That if a person can't explain something in simple terms, then they likely don't understand it. Then he went on to say about how he has thoughts and feelings and all this stuff. And it, um, it blew my mind. And his way to deal with it was to send me an invoice. And another thing about the invoice that bothered me was that it had a... 12 hour payment deadline. I thought that that was a poor business decision. And I had said to him, I'm in the middle of several projects and do not have the time or mental energy to call you. Our contract does not include meetings as a requirement. If you don't trust me to pay you when the website is complete, as agreed, then I don't trust you will complete it if I pay you early. What incentive will you have to put emotions aside and finish the job if you are already paid? Also, what's kind of weird is we had worked on a potential logo design and I wasn't real crazy about his designs and it was exhausting to explain little things about the designs that I thought were quote unquote obvious. I told him, you know what, I'm going to hire 99 designs and that worked out well. I found a great designer that created a logo, which is our new logo, so check it out. (laughs) And I still paid him. He had requested $82.60, and I paid him $100. 
because that's what I do. I tip people. Even if I'm not blown away by a service or a product, if someone shows that they're putting forth effort and those types of things, then I reward that. And that's what I don't understand is that I had already in my mind showed good faith that I do pay upon delivery of something and I pay more than what's being asked. But that didn't mean anything. <laughs> because I believe it goes back to the, the shouldn't thing. You shouldn't feel embarrassed about seeking any technical support. I think he does feel embarrassed. And when the tabs on the website didn't work and when this big giant picture of me looked weird and I asked him to change it, he said he would have to redesign the entire website and it would take hours and hours of coding and all this, um, this overwhelmedness. I didn't want that to jump into my consciousness because I feel overwhelmed enough as it is without someone else's overwhelmedness jumping in my head. <laughs> and because I'm deep down the rabbit hole in conscious communication, I'm extremely sensitive to other people's consciousness. And he didn't take that into account. He just thought it's just a phone call, it's just a meeting, but it's not to me. I don't want to sift through bullshit and pish posh words and all that to figure out what's going on. So, um, so it was, uh, it was uh, a learning lesson. Yeah, it blew my mind. And one of the things I had said was, you sent me an unexpected invoice for nearly the entire amount with a 12-hour payment deadline. Never in my 15 years of business have I encountered such an aggressive and unethical form of bullying. And that's what I, I felt it was, was unethical and bullying. Like he got offended by what I said and then bam, he sends me an invoice for 90% of the job when the website is having problems. I think that's a poor way to handle business. And I imagine he thinks that it's a poor way of me to handle business because I didn't want to meet with him or talk to him on the phone. But my position is if he can't put in text in a simple email what's going on, then I don't want to decode it. I'm not a coder. <laughs> and the first time he had said, oh, we have to meet, we have to go over stuff. So I did. I met with him and I said, okay, so what's so complex that you can't put it in an email? And I had said, is it because you're unable to change the picture? And he said, yes. And that was it. So it's one sentence. It's not hours and hours of typing to explain something. It's just, it's strange. I think Robbie of Fired Dove Technology would benefit from 3H2 humans, from removing the pish posh words, from understanding conscious communication. But there's a, a resistance from the majority of people to embrace conscious communication, which I don't fully understand because I can embrace the fact that I'm a tech tard. I know very little about computers and coding and websites, and it takes me a long time to figure out simplified things. I can admit that, and I can say that's a weakness. What I don't understand is why so many people are reluctant to say conscious communication is a weakness. So I encourage folks out there, especially entrepreneurs, embrace conscious communication regardless of the industry it can make or break a relationship. For us, it broke this relationship. And I had planned to pay him more than what he was requesting. If we were able to fix the bugs and get it up and 
do all that. Just as I did with the logo, I paid him a hundred bucks. So a 20% tip and I got nothing. <laughs> so I think right there that kind of shows how I appreciate people's efforts. And the part that I was done and I could no longer move forward with the relationship and I felt like essentially he was quitting was that he had said that I needed to put the products in the store and that the contract is building the website, not about detailing how to use it. Therefore, info sheets are not within the scope of the services you hired me for. If you want the sheets, I can provide them after the launch as part of your 10 hours of support. I will launch the website tomorrow, contingent on your go-ahead. So he wanted to launch the site with the tabs not working, with a giant picture of me, without me understanding how to put content on there. He gave up <laughs> and, and wanted payment until he did anything else. It was, it was weird. A strange, strange relationship. But luckily, I found... 20 miles north web design. Ironically, that person's name is Rob, Rob Jenkins. And within 24 hours, he fixed the problems with the tabs. So the tabs were clickable and he changed the header. So instead of one giant picture of me on every page, there's a little running header, a different picture on each page. And that's what I had wanted. Rob at 20 miles north web design was able to fix in 24 hours what Robbie at Fired of Technology couldn't do. And that's why I think this whole problem in communication was a blessing in disguise. My intuition said, don't call him, don't meet him. If he can't explain what's going on in simplified terms, then I'm just gonna get sucked into his mindset. And I probably would have, I probably would have said, okay, I guess the tabs aren't gonna work and okay, there's just this giant picture of me, but I didn't, I held my ground. I went with my intuition and I called Rob and he fixed it. It was awesome. And then also I asked Robbie for a turnover sheet to help the transition because I had already paid him and he didn't respond and he didn't offer it. So then I had to pay more money to remove Robbie from the site when he could have been mature and assisted with the transition. That's kind of another thing. I've had jobs that didn't work out and I quit. And instead of me just saying, okay, screw you guys, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, Mustachio says like Cartman on South Park. I assist with the transition. I put my emotions aside and I recognize that Business is business and emotions are emotions. They don't belong together. And I think that's a lesson that Robbie needs to learn. If he wants to be an entrepreneur and other entrepreneurs out there, it's a lesson I had to learn through experience. And when I first started 3H2Humans, I stopped the launch of it. I recognized I wasn't ready and I continued my day job and I continued learning. And now I feel like I am ready. So that's another thing. If there are other entrepreneurs out there who are overly emotional, ugh, I recommend closing the doors and seeking a mentor or some sort of therapist to work through complications. So now, as it stands today, I'm no longer working with Fire Dove technology and I am working with 20 Miles North. 
and I'm happy about the site. I think uh, it just feels better. It feels more like something that I want. I'm glad I followed intuition. And for other folks, uh, Rob is knowledgeable. He, he's quick and he fixes things and he has an eye for design. So check him out. That is number three, 20 Miles North Web Design. Number four, the Lands Council. Coming up this weekend on Saturday, I will be attending their April Showers fundraiser. And the Lands Council has to do with recovery of natural landscapes. They're working on a beaver project to work with the beavers and modern society. How can we coexist? Which I think is great. I love beavers. And their recent newsletter talks about can mushrooms help us keep pollution out of the Spokane River? So finding natural ways to help humans coexist with the environment. So here's a little blurb from their newsletter. Our environmental laws provide a framework for all citizens to be involved in how our lands are managed and the Lands Council has worked for 30 years to improve management of nearby national forests. 20 years ago, the Forest Service had forsaken science and allowed a massive road building and clear-cut binge to occur. The Lands Council led the way in the country to establish a monitoring and forest watch program that helped change the way our forests were managed. So they're about land conservation. And their event, which I do hope some 3H2 listeners attend, it's going to be short notice. Today's Thursday. We'll hopefully launch the podcast tomorrow or today. I don't know. Then I have to finish the website. (laughs) And I wanted to launch the podcast and the website at the same time. But due to all the stuff that's going on, I might just launch the podcast and then launch the website on Monday. I don't know. But as of today, April 14th, 2016, I do anticipate the new website to be up and running within the next week. If it's not up now, whenever this is being heard, check back. There's going to be a lot of neat features. But the Lands Council April Showers Auction and Dinner is Saturday, April 16th at 5 p.m. at the Davenport Grand Hotel. And that's 333 West Spokane Falls Boulevard in Spokane, Washington. It's $1,000 for Friends of the Lands Council table, $500 for a general table, and $75 for individual guests. They do request people RSVP by April 8th, but I do believe folks can pay at the door. There were complications with their website in taking funds. So that's what I'm doing is I'm going to pay at the door. So if there's a a strange hankering for some fun and some giving back to the Spokane local wildlife and hey, running into me, (laughs) what a treat that is. (laughs) Oi. Yeah, Mustachio is cracking up. Yeah, I haven't been real popular lately. check out the lands council we have donated um five items two gift certificates one of them is for a cognitive tarot read at the 3h2 office downtown 
Another is for conscious communication for leaders. Someone like Robbie at Fired Up Technology, he would benefit from conscious communication for leaders. It's for people who are engaged in business, uh, who are in management positions, entrepreneurs, even heads of the household, communicating with family members, or maybe there's a, a family member who requires extra care and learning to work with the family. The two gift certificates for services are cognitive tarot read. That's kind of like a, an introspective exercise. And I teach people how to do it to themselves. In contrast to many therapeutic approaches, 3H2 wants people to be self-sufficient. I don't want people to rely on me. I want to give someone a toolbox of a bunch of tools, say, hey, here's how I use them. Check it out, ingest, reflect, and modify. My way is not the best way for everyone. That's what the cognitive tarot read is about. Then the conscious communication is more of how to consciously communicate, how to remove pish-posh words, and how to remove red flags and revealings of subconscious conscious disconnects, like the about page that we went over. If I was a consultant for FireDove technology, I would strongly recommend changing this because it has you. You shouldn't have to be married to an IT person to receive quality technology. You shouldn't have to sign. You shouldn't feel embarrassed. You absolutely shouldn't feel like you're getting ripped out. Like, oh, it's just crap. It's pish posh nonsense. <laughs> so that's what we at 3H2 do in terms of consulting. We don't take a pussyfooting, walking on eggshells type of approach. Life is too short to put on the kitten gloves. I used to do that and I got nowhere. I've had mentors who took off the kitten gloves and helped me change tremendously. 3H2 Humans is not for delicate, sensitive, over-emotional people. Um, well, okay, your mustache is right, I take that back. It can be for those type of people if they're willing to learn and change. That's the key component. Come to the Lands Council auction and bid on the gift certificates. With those certificates, there's also a Nalgen water bottle. We talked about that today, about hydration is important. I love the Nalgen bottles with the little sippy top. I used to have the wide mouth ones and I'd spill on myself. <laughs> I couldn't operate my water bottle and drive or walk. But with the little sippy cup, the little small mouth, I can. I've included those in the giveaway as well as a pack of tarot cards. Because part of the tarot readings are to receive cards of my notes. I'm giving my notes away with the tarot readings. I'm going to teach people how to do it for themselves. To teach what I do so people don't need me. Yeah, it's not a necessarily a smart business model, but I think it's the most ethical. And for the baskets, we put together three gift baskets of products that we enjoy. In the feminine basket, there's a Stanley Thermos, the Essential Scratch and Sniff Guide to Wine, Earl Grey Blue Tea, Dragonwell Tea, High Mountain Oolong Tea, Kirkland Ladies Hiking Socks, Cocology Book, 
The Quantum Doctor by Dr. Goswami, some chopsticks, a tea steeper, and Philosophy's Purity Facial Cleanser, and a USB plug. The approach that we took with these baskets were everyday items that we use, things that help us be 3H2 humans and operate in life. And the men's basket and a funky fun. The funky fun one includes a hair dye kit with punky color turquoise and punky color violet with gloves and a shower cap. So it has um, how I do my hair. People ask me, what color's in your hair? What the? So I put it in the funky fun basket. <laughs> Um, also in the Funky Fun basket is a really neat birthday candle that my mom uses for people's birthdays. She sent me a bunch, so I've included one. It's this crazy candle that is like fireworks and stuff. It's really cool. Also, Xyli Chew, which is a non-aspartame chewing gum. I went through withdrawals and complications quitting chewing gum. I was an over chewer of gum. And strangely, what helped me with this was Trish Blackwell. She talked about how she had problems with chewing gum all the time and all that. I thought, you know what? She's having problems with it. I'm having problems with it. I can overcome it. So I stopped my normal extra chewing gum with aspartame and other unknown chemicals and switch to Xylechew, which is a more natural type of gum. And then now I don't chew gum. So I'm, I'm off the gum. <laughs> also in the Funky Fun is a Lumera candle. These are candles I purchased at Bed Bath & Beyond. And they look like a real flame candle. They are awesome. And that's another thing my mom got me hooked on. Because they look like a real flame and they dance around, but it's not the fire hazard. I can click them on, they have timers, and then go to sleep or go for a walk. And I like that. I like the non-responsibility of a flameless candle. And there's some other goodies. There's some soaps from Greencastle Soap, also in the Funky Fun, and some books. And also a Dickies mini backpack. Instead of purses, I use a mini backpack. It distributes the weight evenly on my shoulders. I can sling it on my back. My hands are free. I am a huge fan of mini backpacks instead of over-the-shoulder purses. And each of the baskets also include a red rose trinket. And for the man's basket, the masculine one, there's some books, the Cocology book, Science Set Free, Essential Scratch and Sniff Guide to Being a Whiskey Expert, Chopsticks, Bragg's Amino Acids. So instead of normal soy sauce, I use Bragg's soy sauce, which is amino acids. And it took a couple times to get used to the flavor, but I love it now. And I really enjoy sushi. So I included chopsticks <laughs> in the baskets too. And I sometimes eat salads and other foods with chopsticks because then I slow down my eating. With a fork or a spoon, I can just shove it in my face and swallow it. But with chopsticks, it takes a bit more dexterity and time to eat. So then I slow down with eating. 
Also, people socks. They're wool socks. I buy them online. They're a little, little pricey, but they're worth it. And uh, he has a size 12, kind of big, goofy foot. It's funny. <laughs> he has high arches. And my mom saw his foot and said, Oh my God, a little mouse could run underneath your foot. <laughs> It was the funniest thing because he does have oddly high arches and a little mouse could run underneath his foot. (laughs) But in the past, it was difficult to find comfortable socks for a big goofy foot. And people socks seem to be that. So any gentlemen out there or ladies with big goofy feet, uh, people socks are the way to go. Also, a salt and pepper grinder, and included in a few of the baskets are prep works. We've spoke about those before. They're vegetable keepers. I chop up vegetables, put them in the prep works, and it keeps the fruits and vegetables and foods much longer than a typical airtight container because it allows for the food to breathe, and there's also a water reservoir underneath to help it retain moisture without soaking the food in the moisture. Brilliant design. And each of the baskets come with a flower arrangement. I've been back into creating flower arrangements. I love it. It's very therapeutic for me. I uh, fill up the vases with various marbles and rocks and little whatever I can get my hands on, sea glass and then top them off with moss, put a little trinket in there, and flowers. So um, I had trouble finding flower arrangements I liked, so I made them. (laughs) And they are being offered with uh, each of the items. All right, Mustachio's in, wrap it up on the Lands Council. That's that, come down to the Davenport Grand Hotel. That's another big piece of this is it's a brand new hotel. It hasn't even been around for a year yet. And it's uh, quite a sight to see. So that is number four, the Lands Council. Check them out online, kick down some funds. Also, um, I'll be donating time on Earth Day next weekend in Riverfront Park for the Lands Council Earth Day event. So uh, that's another one to come check out either volunteer some time or be a spectator but uh, I will be there from uh it's from 10 to 4 but I'm an early shift so I'll be there at 8 but uh check it out Earth Day at Riverfront Park number five Auntie's Bookstore it's my favorite bookstore in Spokane it's large and there's also the game store next door we've talked about that there's a coffee shop As well, there's also a winery connected and a pottery store. So a person can spend hours just browsing and looking at stuff and purchasing. (laughs) Sip some coffee, look at some books, drink some wine, uh, enjoy. And then also the 3H2 office is right upstairs. So I'm going to Auntie's bookstore. There's a staircase. Go up one flight of stairs, go up a second flight of stairs. Then there's double doors for the Liberty Park Business Center. Our office is right back there. So go through the double doors to the left, and it's almost there on the end. 
on the end and then to the right. Um, yeah, so that's the 3H2 office above Auntie's Bookstore, my favorite bookstore in town. Check it out. Those are five favorable Spokane businesses. Number one, Veda Lux. Number two, Greencastle Soap. Number three, 20 Miles North Web Design. Number four, The Lands Council. And number five, Auntie's Bookstore. For the five enjoyable TV shows, number one, Mozart and the Jungle. Number two, Ray Donovan. Number three, Gordimer Gibbons. Number four, Girls. And number five, Togetherness. Number one, Mozart in the Jungle is an Amazon Prime show. I think it is extremely well written. For me, it's a genre I'm not familiar with. I didn't play an instrument in school or in my life. I failed the song flute (laughs) in like third or fourth grade and I wasn't even allowed to take an instrument. I didn't qualify. (laughs) I was not quite an academic person. I wanted to chase bugs and play in dirt. I didn't want to do what somebody else told me. Watching Mozart in the Jungle gave me a peek into what it's like to dedicate time and energy towards an instrument. And I have great appreciation, admiration, and respect for people who do play instruments. I lack that particular discipline. Check it out, Mozart and the Jungle. Number two, Ray Donovan. That's a Showtime show. It's pretty good. It, uh, it has a bit gratuitous sex and violence. And for me, that's not that enjoyable. That's another thing I like about Mozart in the Jungle. It doesn't have all that gratuitous, over-the-top sex and violence, seemingly for no reason. Um, Ray Donovan has a bit of that, but the premise of the show, where it's a guy who helps... The rich and famous people solve problems, I think is real. I do think the rich and famous people have essentially fixers, people who make problems go away. So pish posh word, a problem like that essentially doesn't go away, but it's masked. One of my favorite episodes in Ray Donovan is where there's a motivational speaker who calls on his help. So this motivational speaker beat the crap out of a hotel staffer who delivered a sandwich and interrupted his meditation time before he went on stage. He beat him up. And (laughs) whoever wrote that episode and this concept, I think feels the same way I do about self-help people. So what this guy does He beats the crap out of an innocent hotel staffer delivering a sandwich. And then 10 minutes later, he goes on stage and he says, what you need to do is you need to be your authentic self. You need to remove those layers and you need to show who you really are. He just preaches about how to change about how to be an authentic self when he's not authentic. (laughs) And that's what happens with you. He didn't say, I am authentic. I shed my layers of hidden stuff. I am who I am. He didn't say that. So technically he's not lying. He's saying you need to do this. That's why you is illogical, aggressive, and essentially 
not very helpful in terms of self-help and moving forward. And this kind of ties into the second entrepreneur I had conscious communication complications with. It's someone who I feel kind of takes that position where you can do this, you can do that, but what about I? What, what does the person do with their life? It's really easy to tell someone, you need to do this, but it's much harder to practice what is preached and to live by what is preached. So I had communication complications with Leslie Thornton, who is a life coach and weight loss coach. And she seems like a real nice gal, um, but I was unable to have some sort of a meaningful interaction. And this was the same thing that happened to Trish Blackwell, where as soon as I called her out and asked her to explain her position, she didn't want to. Um, And I don't think that's a great leadership quality. I think leaders will explain their positions. So I had said that I listened to her interview on the Happy Business Show. I recommend people check it out for context and enjoyed hearing your unique perspective. I'm curious as to why you use the word unconscious as opposed to subconscious when referring to a deeper layer of thinking within the mind. Many authors use unconscious, which I feel is misleading because these thoughts are sub, a layer beyond conscious thought, as opposed to un, lacking in conscious thought. What are your thoughts on the use of subconscious and unconscious? Do you believe they are interchangeable? Continue to spread the word about higher thinking. So this was a question I had on the Happy Business Show. She was using them as interchangeable. So she would say, when you tap into your subconscious, you are able to reveal unconscious thoughts. And what you need to do is you need to better understand your unconscious. It was, it was pish posh. I think she's onto something and I think she has potential, but I think she would benefit from 3H2 Humans conscious communication teachings, the stuff that I've learned. I wanted her to stand up for her position and challenge me, but she didn't. So I believe even more (laughs) that she would benefit from conscious communication. So she had said, uh, Leslie had said, so cool that you listened to the Happy Business Show. Therese Skelly is amazing. How did you find her? To answer your question, I used to only use subconscious. My NLP hypnosis instructor always used unconscious because he said how the general public seems to understand that better. I have, however read the difference between the unconscious and the deeper subconscious level. I don't believe the definition I read for unconscious was lacking conscious thought, but rather just a more alert level than subconscious. I'll have to look for that research again. Do you have a good one? So in short, I know there is a difference and I do interchange them because in my work, I only work with one level, so I find it doesn't matter. If I get my clients the same amazing transformational results, that's all that matters to me. Open to a different perspective. Thanks for reaching out. I disagree with her way of thinking that 
if I get my clients the same amazing transformational results, that's all that matters to me. Oi, I think that's pretty pish posh. I think that's aligned with thinking that if people generations before me thought that gravel roads were enough and thought, hey, cars can drive on gravel roads. Why do we need pavement? It works. And that's all that matters to me then life would kind of suck right now. We'd be all driving around on gravel roads. You know how long it would take to get anywhere on a freeway if it was gravel roads? It would suck. And I think that's a problem with many people's thinking is it works, so why change? I disagree with that. I think nearly every type of thought and concept and way of conducting oneself can be evolved that's what i feel about me and dr goswami squashed some of my thinking and i needed to change how i thought um to say that it doesn't matter and to go towards what the general public says i don't agree with that so my response was I teach conscious communication and meticulously study the effect of words on consciousness and feel there is a distinct difference between sub and un when referring to consciousness. I'm a bit surprised to to hear an NLP instructor would change their vocabulary based on a perceived ignorance of the general public. I agree, the general public is more familiar with the word unconscious, yet take an opposite approach as your instructor. I strive to educate the general public as opposed to cater to their ignorance. As an educator, I feel a moral duty to challenge past metas and shift paradigms when information evolves. Consciousness education is evolving. As for a resource, I use Webster's Dictionary and Common Sense. The word un in American English means not contrary to, non-existent. Think of the words unhappy, unmotivated. These words do not refer to deeper layers of happiness or motivation, but rather lack thereof. Why would unconscious be any different? To me, unconscious is lacking consciousness. When a boxer is hit hard, he becomes unconscious. When I drive to a familiar location, I'm using subconscious navigation as I consciously know where I'm going, yet can divide my attention due to familiarity. Does this viewpoint seem logical? On the 3H2Humans podcast, I go over many topics of consciousness, which may provide you with some new thought seats. Check it out if you have time. Let me know if you have any questions. Consciousness is a passion which I enjoy discussing. So if you kind of points about that. Um, I wanted to hear her side, to hear what she thought about my perspective. There's unhappy, unmotivated. These aren't deeper levels or a different kind of, it's un, it's lacking. So why is consciousness different? And in our next round of Pish Posh Words, unconscious will make that list. I think it's a way to tell if someone practices what they preach. I believe people who talk about consciousness and say, I am subconsciously aware of my insecurities, I am much more likely to listen to that person. If a person says, I am unconsciously aware of my insecurities, I am less likely to listen to that person. I've found a consistency 
as recognized with this interaction, people who use the word unconscious do so because other people tell them to, because in the past, that's what was used. In contrast, I feel people who use subconscious do so because it's a feeling from real life experience, from a deeper knowing. That's my two cents. If anyone has information, uh, shoot me an email. (laughs) So I let some time pass and I didn't hear back. And I recently wrote, uh, greetings, Leslie. We spoke a few months ago about the differences between subconscious and unconscious. As a fellow educator, I'm curious about your perspective on these concepts. I hope you have a quick sec to share your thoughts. And she had said, hey, Lynn, I haven't forgotten about you. Keeping busy over here. And we also were talking about a Sedona trip that I had planned on going to for the subconscious mind mastery trip. I was going to go because intuition said go to the desert. And I signed up and I was gung-ho, but life had other plans for me. And I was unable to go and... It turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I think I would have complications with a group leader who doesn't explain their position. (laughs) And I would become irritated and then people seem to not like me. When When I challenge someone's thinking, the response tends to be aggression. I feel it's a blessing in disguise. The trip didn't work out. Because Leslie Thornton is one of the organizers and one of the leaders. And if she stood up there and told me what you need to do is you need to shed your fears and you need to be in touch with your unconscious, I would lose my shit. (laughs) And I'd call her out and then I'd be the bad guy. It's a blessing in disguise. I didn't go on the trip. That was her response. Hey, Lynn, I haven't forgot about you. Uh, Keeping busy over here. Thanks for your well wishes for Sedona. Wish you were coming. So she didn't address the question. It's like, I don't understand why people do this. And it's not just Leslie. It's many people who I ask a question and it's not answered. It's like, what's the point? What? I, I don't understand the thought process behind this um for me to ask a question and then for her to completely sidestep it so then i had responded i'm beginning to get the sense you don't want to respond to my question i thought you'd jump at a chance to brainstorm consciousness with a fellow educator perhaps i was wrong enjoy the trip and she had responded you're right i should have addressed your question the truth is i'm not really interested in brainstorming this topic at this time Thanks for honoring my energy. If this changes at any point, I'll definitely know who to come to. Thanks for doing what you do. I also hope your father is doing well. XO Leslie. (laughs) That response, although I respect her for responding, it irritated me. Because I should have addressed your question. So it goes back to the pish posh word of should. I do encourage people if should or shouldn't is a part of a communication, dissect it. 
understand that because that's a pish posh word. Someone speaking from a subconscious insecurity rather than consciously formulating words. And the truth is I'm not really interested in brainstorming this topic at this time. She's interested in telling people what to do and saying you should tap into your subconscious mind, but she's not interested in dissecting what her words mean. As all this got started with the Ray Donovan show, I think that's why life coaches, consciousness teachers have a bad rap. Why there's a negative stigma towards people who do what I do because of comments like this. Half-hearted subconscious communications about consciousness. (laughs) So I really encourage, if someone's going to teach about consciousness, understand it. And if not, to challenge thoughts. Just so funny. She's not interested in understanding why she speaks the way she does. Because it's okay. It's a gravel road. It gets me from A to B, so that's good enough. And I'm not a good enough type of person. But that's just me. And then also, thanks for honoring my energy. That's another word that gets tossed around. And I didn't, I'm not honoring her energy. I don't honor it at all. I think someone who teaches has a responsibility and an ethical obligation and a moral duty to understand what is being taught. That's how bad things happen when people just blindly follow the lead of others and don't hold themselves accountable for their words. So I don't honor her energy. I think if she has the energy to say you need to do this, then she has the energy to understand what she's saying. And then also she hopes my father's doing well. The reason why I didn't go on the trip was because of my own medical complications, not because of another family member. (sighs) Yeah, it just, uh, I know, Mustachio says it's okay. And what we need to do at 3H2Humans is just be a bullet train, be on our path and charge forward, continue with what we're doing. If there is a roadblock to stop, stop the bullet train, deal with it and then move on. So that's what we're doing. Okay. (laughs) So that's number two, Ray Donovan. Check out the episode where the life coach preaches to people about how you need to do this and he himself doesn't do it. (sighs) That's a problem with the life coaching industry. And anyone out there who is a life coach, do some introspection, look inside. Are there pish posh words being used? Is someone saying you need to do this when they themselves don't do it? Let's change this. Let's let's bring back faith to the life coaching and self-help and consciousness educational field. Number three, Gortimer Givens. This is kind of a neat Amazon Prime show. Reminds me of Are You Afraid of the Dark? kind of spooky show that was on Nickelodeon uh, 15 years ago. I was an older kid and I, uh, I liked Are You Afraid of the Dark? I kind of like spooky stories and, um, and portrayed for children. It has that innocence and there's no gratuitous sex and violence and all that crap. It's just good old-fashioned storytelling. For anyone who kind of wants a break and wants a, a PG entertainment uh, source, I did like Gortimer Gibbons. Number four, girls. 
which is on HBO. It is uh, created by Lena Dunham, who is kind of like a soul sister to me. <laughs> we spoke about her before, uh, her podcast about um, women of the hour and how she's a bit um, more into the pop culture than me. But I believe she's pretty true to her character, where I was complaining about, you know, Leslie Thornton and Fired of Technology. These people have kind of complications with admitting their faults. I think Lena Dunham and I were a bit more of the, hey, we suck at these things. We're not perfect people. Here's our story so that other people in the same position can feel a little less shitty too. And I think it is those who have gone through great suffering don't want other people to go through the same suffering. What I like about Lena Dunham, the show Girls, I think there's a lot of truth behind what's going on. And I especially could um, identify, I think it's in the first season when she's writing a book and she has all these problems and then medical issues and relationship issues and it's just incredibly difficult to write the book and even identifying herself as a writer uh, was challenging so I respect that about Lena Dunham's perspective I think there's a lot of authenticity cliched things that are dissected and how she's successful she's a a well-known creative creator and she did it all while having endometriosis and what was a bit ironic was the same time I received a diagnosis was about the middle of February 2016 she had sent out a tweet or some sort of press release saying that she was gonna take time off from girls from promoting the show because of endometriosis, that she was in a fortunate position that allowed her to relax, to take a break, where many people don't have that. And I felt the same. I don't work for anybody. I work for myself, same as her. We both have obligations to fulfill, but also at the same time had a window where it was time to take time off and to heal. And I did that. And it was in large because of Lena Dunham, because she gave me permission by her taking time off and relaxing and listening to her body. I did the same. I put the book on hold and I rested. Instead of fighting through the pain and the exhaustion, I listened to my body and it was a wise decision. That oddly provided me comfort (laughs) right when I was diagnosed and needed to take a break. She was doing the same. I didn't know if I was going to make it through. It seemed she was going through the same. And um, it helped me at a time where I felt scared and alone and in pain and confused and just all mucked up. I gained hope and inspiration because someone else was going through the same thing and a strong capable blunt authentic woman was going through the same thing and I had faith she was going to make it through so if that were the case then I was going to make it through too thank you Lena Dunham (laughs) for allowing your personal struggles 
to be a boost for me and I imagine many other women out there who are going through the same thing. I'm okay now. So anybody else out there who's going through medical complications but is a holistic person like me, uh, sometimes modern medicine helps. It's helped me. I'm still recovering and I'm better, but I'm still in pain. I'm still a bit slower than normal. I'm still going through things. And it's going to take time for me to go back to my normal life. I have faith Lena Dunham will. So if she can, I can too. And if I can do it, then anyone else out there can as well. And we'll probably talk about that a little more next time. Oh, uh, yeah, web designer and life coach, sure. They can be pish posh nonsense. That's fine. But I was so grateful when my life was on the line People looked me in the eye and communicated clearly. So I'm extremely grateful for that. That's, uh, girls. (laughs) Check it out um, on HBO. And number five, togetherness. Uh, This show has Amanda Peet. I'm a new Amanda Peet fan. I think she's a neat actress. The show Togetherness goes over many complicated family issues and what families do with friends and other families and how they come together and relationship complications and kind of humor and raw emotions. It's a neat show. Uh, It is also on HBO, so check it out, Togetherness. Five enjoyable shows. Number one, Mozart in the Jungle. Number two, Ray Donovan. Number three, Gordimer Gibbons. Number four, Girls. And number five, Togetherness. So the announcements, we have the Lands Council April Showers Silent Auction and Dinner Saturday, April 16th at the Davenport Grand Hotel. 3H2 donated gift baskets, gift certificates, and artificial flower arrangements. Also, Neil deGrasse Tyson will be at the INB Performing Arts Center in June. Post on the message board. A lucky winner will receive two tickets to the show. Once the website is up, most likely Monday, I'm going to be realistic here because I do need to take it easy. I'm not, I can't burn the candle. Well, as a friend said, I needed a three-pronged candle because I already burned it at both ends. I'm taking it easy and I'm respecting my body and listening to it. So it might be up Monday. But when the website is up, post on the message board. We don't do social media. That's going to be our way to interact. I seek conscious communication and mindful, thought-provoking communication with others, as I imagine people out there do as well. Let's let the 3H2 message board be that. Synchronistically, I came across, in an odd way, two extra tickets to the Neil deGrasse Tyson performance lecture. What is a mustachio? I don't know. Entertainment Spectacular, Mentortainment, go on the message board. Yeah, a lucky winner will receive two tickets. So someone who's thought-provoking, moves the conversation along, those types of things. And they're pretty good seats, too. They're pretty close because I got the tickets shortly after they became on sale. And they're end caps. They're seats 41 and 42. I do believe that's on the end. I like those the best, so I can get up and move, and also my companion is a tall man. He likes 
to be on the aisle so he can kind of stick his feet out and stuff. So it's a great spot. A new 3H2 website with upgraded info, newsletter sign-up, appointment scheduler, pictures, and other features. Check it out. Yes, so the website will have all those great things, especially the newsletter sign-up. Sign up to get the full show notes, also an email when podcasts air. We don't really have a schedule, so we just kind of do it when we can. Um, Get a notification of that if interested and uh, yeah there's a little form at the bottom it's through MailChimp I need to figure out how to use MailChimp <laughs> so all in due time but check out the new website it is 3h2humans.org also the Earth Day volunteer at Riverfront Park come join the fun 10 to 4 p.m. April 23rd 2016 yes come to Riverfront Park On Earth Day, there will be vendors and food and all kinds of neat stuff. Brian and I will be wandering around. I think Mustachio's going to sit it out, but the majority of the 3H2 Humans crew will be there. Come join the fun. On a side note, the one-year anniversary of the podcast is April 21st, 2016. Less than a week, around a week, yeah, a week. The one year anniversary, oh, it's so weird. Sometimes it feels like it's been a day and sometimes it feels like it's been a decade since the podcast has been released. It's been a blast and I encourage other educators and especially introverts to have podcasts. It's a relatively easy way to engage the public Um, with thoughts, little thought seeds. We're like Johnny Appleseed of consciousness, just spreading those seeds around. (laughs) Also, the listener challenge, donate and review an ad-free podcast. Give back to those who provide and contribute to the free content pool of information. Be a part of modern education values. Encourage those who give a piece of them to the world inspire educators to continue with their calling. Really what it is, um, folks like me and many others out there, like Dr. Dave of Shrink Wrap Radio, rely on donations to keep the show going. And um, I think it's a worthy part of culture. And instead of making it a pay service, it's free. So those who can't afford it can still listen with the goodwill of those who can afford a donation. So we would greatly appreciate that. And if not us, someone else, that's okay too. The listener challenge is just about donating and reviewing a ad-free podcast to help boost them up the ranks. Let's get, there's so much crap, uh, high rated and endorsed and all that stuff in the podcast world. So let's, let's get the higher education the thinking, the health, happiness, and a humble perspective type of content. Let's push that up. That's what the listener challenge is about. Let's push up people who give a shit rather than um, others, other category. All right, so that is the episode. (laughs) Yeah, I think the intro is longer than the entire episode, but eh, we like to mix it up here. Today's episode, April 14th. 2016, Season 1, Episode 14, 10 List Health Exploration. Explore health. And this is Part 1 of a three-part series 
we will do the throwback episodes of um, happiness and a humble perspective. I forgot <laughs> what those lists contain, so I'm very excited to see what 10 lists we came up with for uh, happiness and a humble perspective. All right, Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy. Today is March 3rd, 2015, here in uh, sunny. <laughs> Again, more sunshine, loving it. Spokane, Washington. Although the other day when jogging, I went by the Spokane Falls, and it was kind of neat. A guy came up the corner. It was early, so there weren't very many people out. The odds of us meeting at that precise moment are very small. <laughs> especially because I tinker around at the kiosks at the uh, yards where the spokesman review is and then the inlanders building. So he goes by and he gives me a heads up about some ice. He's all, be careful, there's ice. I thought that was very kind of him. Sure enough, it was icy as shit and I was sliding around and then I went to the side of the trail in the rocks and dirt where the ice is less impactful than on asphalt. Yeah, it was nice to have a positive interaction with a stranger. Similarly, it cracks me up how many people cheer me on <laughs> when I jog. It's, uh, it's really neat. Gosh, I would say I average about once a jog, which seems high. I do encourage everyone out there to appreciate small gestures from strangers and also to to be a part of that to be that person that says wow that's a lovely dress or good job running you know just a thumbs up and a smile it goes a long way for me personally I'm not real big on the high fives and the touching of the strangers and all that stuff <laughs> and the handshakes not a big fan of that um, but <laughs> a thumbs up is awesome <laughs> Mustachio and I were talking about the last show, and that was the 10 list for humble perspective. And how it started off was, we feel as though there's a primary focus on health and happiness, and kind of leaving out that humble perspective, as well with the Google searches of recent searching health, happiness, and humble, uh, very few come up with that combination. I do think they are three areas which, if explored by an individual, life will become more enjoyable. Overall, give a shit will increase dramatically. <laughs> and the, those are exploring individualized components of health, happiness, and a humble perspective. This morning, we wrote up two more 10 lists and uh, one is a 10 list for health exploration and the other is a 10 list for happiness exploration. So we're going to go ahead and explore all three. Oddly has surfaced as a means to explain what 3H2 is. I knew it would happen eventually. 
<laughs> and in some way that I fully didn't understand. So here it is. I'm pretty stoked. And that's probably how we will open up the season. Season one of 3H2 Humans Mastermind Symposium of <laughs> Infinite Possibility. It's... <laughs> It's funny, I told that name to my mom yesterday when we were talking on the phone and <laughs> she laughed and said, why don't you call it something like mentoring uh, friends or something, you know, super simplified. And that's not really what I'm going for. So that was kind of funny. It's enjoyable to receive feedback, to understand another person's perspective. I think... Whether there is an agreement or a disagreement, having new variables introduced is beneficial. That's how we at 3H2Humans view information as an introduction of variables. It's someone's individualized perspective saying, hey, check this out. Uh, in terms of right and wrong, good and bad, truth and false, uh, those are very mucky, mucky words, mucky components. So... Uh, we tend to shy away from those. For today, it's going to be the 10 list health exploration. And in the um, ambiance of the 10 lists, what we'll do is go ahead and run through the list, give an explanation, and then run through the list again. All right, so let's go ahead for the 10 list health exploration. Number one. Hydrate. <laughs> For one week, drink water before receiving a signal of thirst. Be conscious of water source and impact on environment. Number two, balanced nutrition. Explore varied food items and quantities. Ideal nutrition is defined on an individual basis. At maybe allergy tests or uh, something of that nature. And to measure results. Number three, balanced sleep and exercise. Experiment with varied sleep and exercise combinations. Life changes, so does the balance of these two. So do the balance. So does, yo. <laughs> Number four, posture. Conscious focus towards physical body balance. Lift free weights, kettlebells, establish cues to sit proud. Body is a machine. Seek optimal form and ability. We'll explore the old people bent over phenomena. Number five, read ingredients. Know what is being ingested. As the thug kitchen says, eat like you give a fuck. Food is fuel. We are what we eat. Number six, be a free range human. Fresh air aware. Open a window, go for a walk, be outside in nature. Learn to coexist with neighbors and explore. We are essentially walking on the crust of the earth. So cool, so crazy. Number seven, physical activity. Partaking in a routine reoccurring hobby or sport requiring physical abilities. House cleaning, no matter what it be, increase or uh, improve each time. Okay, uh, yeah, I have arrows, I didn't understand that. Okay, <laughs> whether it be big or small, improve each time. Number eight, push limits. How was limit established? Question limits as they are arbitrarily set by humans. Skills take time to develop. 
Small steps equal big results over time. Number nine, age. Chronological age bears only a peak into biological age. The body rebuilds every seven years. We are as young as we behave. Number 10, rise before the sun. Magic of the twilight hour. Get head start on the day. Prepare, proactive, domino chain reaction will occur. Easier to sleep at night. All right, so that is the number 10 health exploration. Pretty exciting. I think um, the theme of hydrate. <laughs> uh, Mustachio and I were bullshitting, uh, talking about if we put hydrate in the happiness one too, so then hydrate would be in all three. Yes, that would be funny, but then we'd miss out on a whole idea chunklet. So humor is best when it's um, at a low cost. So that would have been a, a high cost stupid joke, uh, kind of poking fun at ourselves for the repetitive nature. Anyway, <laughs> it's best to have content and uh, then if the wit and the humor seeps in, awesome. Weird, yeah, and humor is not even one of these up here. Whew, okay. These are ideas for health. And I think a person who is exploring health in redefining health. So um, ooh, months back, we talked about the uh, potential human timeline of growth, how st stages change, states of consciousness change, big changes occur over one's life. And I think it's beneficial to kind of look at these once a year, just to have this 10 list, list of health exploration, part of one's consciousness, perhaps around the, the birthday. This is a good time to really focus on these. So number one, hydrate. For one week, drink water before receiving the signal of thirst. Be conscious of water source and impact on environment. For one week, um, drink water. Drink lots of water. And it's funny for me, um, I go through stages where I'm heavily hydrated and then when I'm dehydrated. And then when I'm just like craving water all the time, it's more difficult for me to jog. The way that I found to kind of reset my homeostasis is to, for one week, focus on drinking water before I'm thirsty. And when I do start to get thirsty and I want a soda or some other shit beverage, I think, nope, this is my week of hydration. So really allow uh, the primary liquid source of hydration to be water or an, a, a clean juice or something of that nature. Be conscious of water source. Oh, so this is, we've done whole shows about air and water within the home and how they are essentially uh, life force of humans to be respectful of the water and air source and its impact on the environment. I think uh, looking at individualized bottled waters as a, a main drinking source, I don't think is perhaps the best route. Uh, I used to do this, drink just bottles of water, and then learning about how it's stored in plastic and essentially, you know, what water absorbs, and you know, all, anywho, wasn't quite what I wanted to do anymore. So I got a, a pure water filter, and I've cut down on the waste I produce by having all of those disposable water bottles. And two, I feel a little bit better that... It's from a muni municipal source, which some bottled waters are from, 
and then it's filtered again, stored in the refrigerator. It's like uh, I personalize with the water a bit more. I feel as though this is, it's more comfortable with my instincts than just getting all these bottles of water. That doesn't feel fresh and clean uh, to me. Define what fresh and clean water is on an individual basis and that impact. Does it produce a shit ton of waste? Uh, is What's the filtration level and, and all these things. So explore that. Be conscious of that thirst response for one week. Work towards decreasing it. And two, what I've noticed for me sometimes when I emotionally eat, it's because I'm dehydrated. I'm not necessarily hungry, but I'm seeking hydration, so I just eat and eat and eat a bunch of shitty food, and then I don't get hydrated and, oof, not fun. So, <laughs> speaking of, I'm going to grab some more, some more hydration. Okay, so that's number one, hydrate. For one week, drink water before receiving a signal of thirst. Be conscious of water source and its impact on the environment. Number two, balanced nutrition. Explore varied food items and quantities. Ideal nutrition is defined on an individual basis. Allergy test, measure results. So balanced nutrition. There are a lot of diets and fads and all that lovely stuff within the health industry. Uh, a pattern I've noticed for me within my own health that has helped me to uh, balance gallons, ugh, gain balanced nutrition is to explore. Um, if there is like the gluten-free one, kind of right now I've cut back on grains and bread and those things and I'm going to see how that works. I feel carbohydrates are necessary. So simply because I'm removing the bread, that doesn't necessarily mean... Uh, it's okay. Um, so the point I'm getting at is it's about balanced nutrition. If there is a minus of a carbohydrate source, I think it's important to then add another carbohydrate source and to have the basic components of balanced nutrition. So what is that? I think it's going to vary for each individual. For me, uh, within my diet, I seek to balance protein, fiber, and fat. Those are kind of the components I look at. Protein, fiber, and fat. As well as have a fruit and a vegetable each day. So I figure if I do that, I'll be okay as a, a platform. I'm a vegetarian. That's something that works for me. And I don't feel as though that would be an ideal balanced nutrition component for everyone. So it's all about individual basis. If there is some fat diet... Take it with a grain of salt, experience what it has to offer, measure the results, and um, maybe I, I have a friend who, a couple friends who did allergy tests and things like that and talked to their doctors and whatever works. But I think the main component in health exploration is balanced nutrition. That's a great objective in seeking health. Number three balanced sleep and exercise. So these I kind of see as like a little triangle with sleep and exercise on the bottom of the pyramid and then nutrition up at the top. So these three really are deep components of health. 
and balancing them. So experiment with varied sleep and exercise combinations. Life changes, so do the balance of these two. That wording is terrible. <laughs> Mustachio, how could you let me get by? He, he's the editor over here. This line is crap. We'll change it later, but... <laughs> Life changes, um, so too does. Oh, maybe it is does. The balance of these two. Uh, life changes as well as these two. Anyway, point being, uh, I think of that gentleman that I spoke to while jogging downtown Spokane, the Robin Williams-esque type man who reminded me about overexertion. And I do that. I jog too much. I overexert. I don't sleep enough. And then just things go to shit. Simply because I'm motivated to jog five miles every day, that doesn't necessarily mean it's the healthy choice. And it's difficult and similar with sleep. Some mornings I wake up at three and I just want to hit the world, but sometimes I do need those couple hours of sleep. It's about listening to the body. So life changes, variables change. Sometimes I need to teeter one and totter the other and, and all that stuff for short periods of time. But it's about having that resting point, that ideal combination uh, so in a continuum, imagine that that's the neutral point is balanced sleep and exercise. Just the right amount to where there is not an overexertion in exercising. Um, and then there is not or underexertion. So that can be too much or not enough as well as sleep. There can be too much or not enough. Um, so with sleep and hydration and all these things, there are equations. There are, if it's your way this much, multiply the, does that stuff work? I don't know. But with sleep, how it's like, oh, get eight hours a day. I personally feel as though that changes. Um, I think different people require different amounts of sleep. Just, there's so many variables to say there's one perfect amount of sleep. So explore a balanced sleep and exercise environment and um, balance them with the variables of life. So that's number three, balance sleep and exercise. Number four, posture. Conscious focus towards physical body balance. Lift free weights or kettlebells. Establish cues to sit proud. Body is a machine, seek optimal form and ability. Old people sometimes are bent over. Okay, <laughs> so, uh, I do hope to reach old age. That'd be pretty cool. I notice there are some 80-year-olds who are nearly halfway bent over. And there are some 80-year-olds who skydive. I would like to be more of the 80-year-old who skydives. In looking at the posture, it looks like something that happened over time. Just small changes equaling a great change. And I think it kind of started with a bit of a hunch and then... And, progressing that way. So I encourage folks to be conscious towards physical body balance, to be conscious of that. I'm in my 30s now. It doesn't come as natural for me to sit up straight and all of these things because uh, I've been using the computer and kind of having that hunched over movement, which I think is common in society. So be conscious of sitting back, having that ergonomic shape and all that stuff. Going to the body is a machine. Seek 
optimal form and ability. I think this goes with strenuous activities all the way down to sitting in a chair. I think regardless of the exertion, having optimal form and ability, whether the task be big or small, do it right or not at all, you know, that kind of mindset um, has a seemingly small impact at the time, but over time, a huge impact. Uh, as well with the, in terms of body balance, what I'm working on right now is strengthening my left arm. I don't use my left arm very often. <laughs> I write a lot. I do kind of finite things with my right hand. A part of my brain and body balance right now is strengthening my left hand. So I have 15 pound kettlebells and I use them individually. So each arm works independent. And I think that's a part of body balance is working body parts and doing motions independently, yet um, working as one in a balanced way. Because right now I'm unbalanced. My right arm is stronger than my left. And it, this goes back to posture. Oh, and posture too. So people who sit on their phones or wallets or all that stuff, especially throughout the day, I strongly encourage folks to sit on a somewhat flat surface. Because think of over time how one cheek having a wallet or something, uh, it, it makes logical sense that that's going to cause a body balance mismatch. It's tea time. Okay, I have some red rose tea and honey now. Okay, so with posture, body is a machine. Imagine it that way. And when I say it's a machine, uh, machines have a lower fail rate than humans. So work towards that calculated um, movement. And, and that's number four, uh, be conscious of posture. Um, oh, and we were talking about the, the wallets and the being balanced. So really put into conscious thought, small actions and movements, which will have a great impact over time. And to have that mental picture of the 80-year-old skydiving, the 80-year-old who's independently living and kicking ass. Um, yeah, I had heard a statistical thing recently about how the retirement age was calculated, and it was something like in the 1880s. It was so that 65 or 55 or whatever it may be was the age around, I think people were dying. So let's say people were all dying at 60 or whatever. They made the retirement age 55. People would have... 14, 18 months of rest before death. I am part of this mentality that when people have a purpose and an action, there is that internalization to live, to be a fighter. Once there's no job and no purpose, it's, I think, difficult to carry on. All these things tie back in to having some sort of a job and purpose as well. Number five, read ingredients. Know what is being ingested. As the thug kitchen says, eat like you give a fuck. Food is fuel. We are what we eat. So read ingredients. This has been something I've been doing, gosh, I almost want to say 20 years or so since the Nutrition Facts first came on packages. So reading ingredients is a good idea. I think having an understanding of what is in the food and is it food is 
a way to live healthily, healthfully. <laughs> One thing I realized with that is the ingredients on there are only a few of the many components. So I think sometimes people give a little bit too much attention to ingredients and then sometimes don't even give any attention at all. What I would consider a great avenue of health exploration is creating a healthy habit of reading ingredients, of knowing what's in the food, but similarly understanding that there aren't certain minerals and amino acid combinations and particular fatty acids. There's a bunch of different kinds. They have different purposes. So there are deeper, deep, deep components of nutrition so much beyond the sodium and cholesterol and just all that bullshit. Be conscious of this. There was some speaker I was listening to. I almost want to say it was Abel James of the, what is it? Fitness running real food. Anyway, um, Abel James podcast. I think he was saying that he was working towards, or does, only eat things that don't have nutrition labels. <laughs> so if it has a nutrition label, then it's, uh, you know, mass-produced, processed, probably not the best food. So there's a whole gamut of different ideologies going along with what do nutrition facts mean, what are the ingredients of food. Explore this and really look before I purchase something, for the most part, I look at the ingredients and I compare ingredients. That's a benefit we have as consumers, is to compare ingredients. And yes, one may have the high fructose corn syrup and all this other bullshit in it, and then another may be natural, and the natural one's more expensive. That makes logical sense. It's the resources are more difficult to obtain. Uh, high fructose corn syrup and lab-created sugars and all that stuff, I think is kind of the Walmart approach. And when it comes to health and what is being ingested, taking the Walmart approach is probably not the best idea. As the Thug Kitchen says, eat like you give a fuck. I love that. Puts it so perfectly. People who don't give a fuck about ingredients uh, perhaps may not be quite as healthy as it is possible to be. So number five, read ingredients. Know what is being ingested. Food is fuel, we are what we eat. Number six, free range human, fresh air aware. Open a window, go for a walk, be outside in nature. Learn to coexist with neighbors and be cognizant that we are walking on the crust of earth. So this is pretty cool. So a free range human, uh, this concept popped into our little workshop this morning. It was initially called just go outside, but then with that came free range human. And I got to thinking, holy fuck, many of us live as though we're caged humans. We're domesticated. We stay inside our homes, get in the car, go to work or shop, go back into the car, right into the home. It, it's strange, captive behavior. And a big part of health is being a free-range human. We are animals, although we're domesticated. <laughs> we're like the circus bear with the, the hat and the, the little vest on, doing tricks for, for food. Uh, we go to work for food. Um, be a free-range human. 
Be fresh air aware. Roll down the window in the car. Open the window in the house. Go for a walk around the block. Be outside in nature. And when walking, learn to coexist with neighbors. Acknowledge the person's presence with a, a head nod or some simple gesture. And the biggest one that really blows my mind is that we are essentially walking on the crest of Earth, a planet among many universes. And beyond the planet, we would not survive. So essentially, Earth is our organism. This is our home. And humans are a, a species together existing on this crest of a planet with an atmosphere. It's easy to forget these crazy concepts sitting on the couch watching TV. I encourage everyone to embrace that we live on the crest of Earth and to be that free-range human, to walk around, stretch the legs, go play, have fun, be an animal, if at least for a little bit. <laughs> All right, so that is number six, free-range human, fresh air wear. Open a window, go for a walk, be outside in nature. Learn to coexist with neighbors. So be, be friendly, be cordial, and enjoy all that outside has to offer. Number seven, physical activity. Partake in a routine reoccurring hobby or sport, which requires physical abilities, even something as simple as house cleaning. Whether the task is small or large, improve with each time. So what is this one talking about? Physical activity. In the research I've conducted, I found a consistency with health and those who incorporate some sort of physical activity within their daily lives. Some sort of a hobby or a sport that requires participation and accountability. I think this is a beneficial boost on days where it's tough to partake in that sport or activity, but then having the structure allows for an um, increased ability for it to happen. So for me, my physical activity that I do regularly is adventure jog five days a week, and then the meditation and kettlebell. This week I am planning on doing six. See how that goes. I think two days off in a row is a bit, um, I get lazy after that, so. And then with that, when I'm not exercising, I know that I will. Sometime during the day, I'm going to exercise. So I have that in the back of my mind, and I'm a bit more physically minded. I think, okay, so I'm going to spend time working on my physical body and, you know, body systems and all that great stuff that goes along with jogging. Why not incorporate that into the rest of the day? So even with house cleaning or small tasks that I do, my objective is to improve each time, to have some sort of a growth, whether it be physical or mental, after the physical activity. One of the best benefits of it is that small improvement over time. And that's like how we talked with the posture, where it may be something small initially, but over time it turns into something big. And I've noticed for me now, my arms are smaller and stronger. My shoulders are more muscular. My legs are more muscular. I've improved with jogging as I continue to do it. So number seven, physical activity. Partake in a routine reoccurring hobby or sport, which requires physical abilities. Even something simple as house cleaning with an objective to improve each time. Number eight, push limits 
How is the limit established? Question limits as they are arbitrarily set by humans. Skills take time to develop, small steps over time. So there's a reoccurring theme here with the 10 list health exploration, and that is those small steps equaling great changes over time. Uh, Imagine a ship sailing in the ocean where it may be one degree off. In a day, it's not gonna make that big of a difference, but over time, it makes a huge difference. And approach that with these health ideas that it may seem small at first, but over time, it will have a large positive impact. And this is one thing I think as I'm testing my abilities. What are my limits? How was this limit established? Um, And then in thinking about this, I recognize that limits are arbitrarily set by us humans. We say, this is what I can and cannot do. And then bam, it becomes so. It is what can or cannot be done. As well with pushing the limits, skills develop. And this is something which happens over time. Even though there may be one initial limit, it can be beat. It can be pushed forth. Sometimes that's one of the greatest components of setting a limit is being able to beat it. With that objective, this is my limit today. What will my limit be tomorrow? And with the main component, I think, being is to to push them. So for me, I'm uh, working on strengthening my left arm. The things I can do with my right arm are a lot better. Even just grabbing the kettlebell and holding it up straight and doing something small and stupid is beneficial for the for breaking that limit. Uh, yeah, I can do one, but in the future I can do five. And allowing for that skill to develop, allowing time and patience. So I think a component of pushing limits is time and patience. Allow all of these to come together on this health exploration. Number nine, age. Chronological age bears only a peak into biological age. The body rebuilds, I've heard, every seven years or so. We are as young as we behave. Chose the phrase we are as young as we behave rather than think or feel or all of that. I I think it, it does boil down to behavior. A person can say all kinds of shit, but what is the behavior? Is that behavior um, old or young? And even those distinguishing words, I think, are arbitrary. In a great podcast I was listening to about age and how I do feel it's a huge component of health. And I was pleasantly surprised to hear another woman speak about many of the family principles that I've lived by and grew up with. There is a difference between chronological and biological age. And someone can essentially be chronologically 50 and then biologically 80 or vice versa. Chronologically 80, but biologically 50. It's, it's amazing. The human body is amazing. And that podcast is uh, The Health Bridge, Ageless Goddess with, um, I, I think it's Christine Northrup. I'm not 100% sure, but um, yes. Uh, age, embrace youth. I think that's one thing many older billionaires I imagine would love youth again and appreciate youth, embrace youth. Let the limits 
be set by oneself rather than society, where earlier we talked about the retirement age, how that's just a bunch of shit. Establish one's own retirement age and let that be a high number. So number nine, age. Be young. <laughs> number 10, rise before the sun. Magic of twilight. Get a head start on the day, prepare, proactive domino chain reaction. Easier to sleep at night. I found these to be uh, true for me. When I rise before the sun and I have that hour or two before the sun rise, it's awesome. It's peaceful and I feel motivated and proud of myself for rising out of bed and choosing life rather than more sleep. It's, um, it's great that I get a head start on the day. And I found that doing little things such as that, getting that head start creates a positive domino flow, a chain reaction, where throughout the day, life is just easier. I'm a step ahead of the game. I have that proactive approach. Things consistently are awesome. And I think that too kind of has something to do with um, it being easier to sleep at night. I feel, I think at its core, it has to do with looking forward to the next day. I found uh, sometimes when it's hard for me to sleep, it's because I don't want to sleep. I don't want to wake up and have to do the drudgery again. I think rising before the sun, embracing the magic of morning, taking that proactive approach, uh, does increase the ability to sleep at night. And sleep is a big component of health. And when I explore health for me, I find that when I am well rested, I perform in life uh, much more effectively. All right, so that is the 10 list for health exploration. Let's go ahead and run through it one more time. Number one, hydrate for one week. Drink water before receiving a signal of thirst. Be conscious of water source and impact on environment. Number two, balanced nutrition. Explore varied food items and quantities. Ideal nutrition is defined on an individual basis. Maybe perform an allergy test, consult a doctor, measure results. Number three, balanced sleep and exercise. Experiment with varied sleep and exercise combinations. Life changes, so too does the balance of these two. Number four, posture. Conscious focus towards physical body balance. Lift free weights or kettlebells. Establish cues to sit proud. Body is a machine. Seek optimal form and ability. Be that old person who skydives. Number five, read ingredients. Know what is being ingested. Food is fuel. We are what we eat. Go beyond nutrition labels. Number six, free range human. Fresh air aware. Open a window, go for a walk, be outside in nature, learn to coexist with neighbors. Remember, we are walking on the crust of earth and that is crazy badass. Let's live this life to the fullest. <laughs> Number seven, physical activity. Partake in a routine reoccurring hobby or sport requiring physical abilities. Even something as small as house cleaning, and whether the task be large or small, improve each time. Have that objective of growth. Number eight, push the limits. How was limit established? 
question limits as they are arbitrarily set by humans. Skills take time to develop. Small steps over time equal great positive results. Number nine, age. Chronological age bears only a peak into biological age. The body rebuilds every seven years. We are as young as we behave. Number 10, rise before the sun. Magic of twilight. Get a head start on the day. Prepare proactive domino chain reaction. Easier to sleep at night. All right, that is the 10 list for health exploration. And next time we will go over the happiness exploration. This will give some sort of a baseline for where Mustachio and I stand in terms of health, happiness, and a humble perspective, and in which ways we are exploring these avenues, and to encourage everyone to have their own 10 list. It's all about individualized perspective and enjoying this life as much as we can. It goes by fast, and it's enjoyable. <laughs> All right, so there we go. March 3rd, excited about the release coming up on Earth Day next month. And uh, yeah, life life is a changing every day and every way. <laughs> Mustachio and I would like to wish everyone health, happiness, and a humble perspective. Diligence today equals a thriving community tomorrow. Enjoy. <laughs>